Welcome to That Weekend Feeling with Darren Mann. It is that weekend feeling today reflecting on a ruling in the Makanda High Court yesterday. The court bans offshore oil and gas exploration by Shell. The judgment, a huge victory for campaigners concerned about the effect of seismic waves on marine life. Joining us now with his reaction from the Wilderness and Environmental Society of South Africa, Gary Kukamur from Wessa. Your reaction, Gary. Good morning. Hi, morning, Darren, and morning to your listeners and readers. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic victory for the small guy, you know, particularly coastal communities like those in Tuese and Tolubeni. You know, it's really an outstanding victory, and we're very, very, very chuffed. So basically what this does, there was a 2014 decision granting the right for the exploration of oil and gas in the Transkei and Algoa exploration areas. It's been reviewed and set aside, according to the High Court. And this is a final decision, although I understand appeals are possible. Yeah, so basically just for your, uh, for your listeners' uh, background, what happens is that we have this economic exclusion zone. So it's a banned of 200 nautical miles around South Africa, which the the Department of Mineral Energies has blocked up and then sold off the rights to explore and to extract gas from that. And so this goes to a specific block that was allocated to impact oil and gas. Um, And uh, and then half of that share was bought up by Shell. So, So that's why Shell and impact are the uh, or the respondents in this case. Uh, and so the, they were given a right in 2014 and then it was renewed twice. And what the court has done has reviewed it and set it aside. So that means that they have two options going forward. They either restart the process again from start, start or they appeal the process and they would have to appeal to the Supreme Court or potentially later to the Constitutional Court if they can claim some constitutional right has been uh, contravened. But yeah, I mean, it's a significant victory in the sense, you know, and it's the it's the judge president himself who wrote the the finding. It is a full bench that sat. So look, I mean, it's a it's a fairly clear decision. You know, the the you, you yeah, uh, Shell HQ ain't very happy this morning. It would appear there are international implications as well, Gary. I see the stories already being covered by international newspapers. Uh, just a few minutes ago, I see the Guardian in London have been running a long piece on it. Yes, absolutely. You know, so I mean, this the, the the core of the issue goes to seismic surveys, which is this these boats that or ships that drag uh, arrays of air guns behind them, uh, and they fire uh, uh, sound pulses into the water, uh, and they use that then to map the seabed and the rock below that, and that's a standard practice across the world in terms of offshore exploration. So the so the court findings in terms of harm goes specifically to that and is applicable across the world, you know. But, uh, you know, what, the interesting point in this sense is that the judge didn't decide whether there was harm per se. What the judge said is that there's a there's opinion on, on both sides and what the minister should have done in the circumstance is used a precautionary principle uh, and said, okay, until we are sure, then we go ahead. And that's been our argument, is that there isn't enough research uh, to understand the, the, the impact. But it's a sound environment. It's a, it's a three-dimensional environment. You know, and the mitigation measures that the companies put in place just talk about the surface. You know, so you have guys on a boat looking to see if there's dolphins on the surface. But there's no, there's no understanding of what's happening at 1,000 meters below. There's mm. no 
baseline study before, there's no study afterwards. They just kind of, okay, no dead whales washed up, so there's no harm, you know? So it's really critical to understand that the lack of evidence doesn't mean that there's a lack of harm. You have to study that. And that's what, what everyone has been saying, is that this thing isn't properly studied. Gary, now, Wesser, you weren't one of the applicants in the court case, but you did have involvement. You petitioned the court for permission to live stream proceedings, correct? Yes, yeah. So we played a very, very, very minor role in this. Um, and the reason that we're interested is because for us here in the Bay, there's another seismic survey that's been planned that extends basically from Angola Bay Basin all the way through to Plettenberg Bay. So it's a bigger area, and it goes over the PE Corals area, which is a King Clip spawning ground. And so we're very concerned about that for us and particularly for local fishers, you know, um, that kind of resource is very difficult to regenerate once you've destroyed it. And so, so yeah, so, I mean, we, we played a very small part in this. But, you know, I mean, it is in December, I think it was December the 5th, the entire coastline uh, had a protest. Uh, and it, it's probably South Africa's biggest environmental protest across over 50 locations, you know, and so so it's not just us, it is the entire sort of community, coastal community that are very worried about this thing and the sort of carte blanche that the, the department has given the oil and gas companies. I think in general, the little man will say this is a victory. Civil society, traditional communities and small-scale fishermen have been vindicated by the courts and that's not something we can say too often. Gary, thank you very much for joining us on that weekend feeling today. Closing thoughts? Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Darren. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a couple of things is that, that there's some real implications here in terms of consultation. The judge president said, listen, uh, consultation has to be a bona fide two-way process where you try and get consensus, not a tick box exercise. And that's a fundamental thing that we've been arguing for years is that you can't do this tick box exercises. So if you're in the environmental assessments area, you're going to have to go back and say, okay, how does a two-way process work? How do we get to consensus? You know, so that's a fantastic thing. And then particularly for the small, the coastal communities, this issue about culture and spiritual rights. Uh, you, you know, the sea isn't just a place to swim or it isn't just a place that you can take stuff out of. It actually has meaning to people. And, and the minister has to consider that. So it's a fantastic victory. We really like the outcome of it. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how the companies respond. Getting reaction now from uh, a man who's part of a group and affiliation of individuals and various groupings of civil society who've come together as Save the Wild Coast. Your reaction, Dean Knox, to the ruling from the Makanda High Court yesterday in favour of the little guy over multinational shell when it comes to seismic activity off the Wild Coast and in Algoa Bay. I think that it's um, an unbelievable achievement, uh, success, victory. Um, I think that um, it is absolutely fantastic and shows the power of the everyday person. If, if they come together uh, to protect um, what is um, an asset that belongs to everybody in South Africa. And I, I think that it's also important to note that this victory was not only against Shell, it was also a victory against uh, politicians who used proximity to power and political power to broker deals with multinational companies um, that ignore the communities along the coastline. And in the end, the beneficiaries of all of this mining would actually be people that are far away from South Africa and a few connected politicians. So I think it's a landmark ruling. I think what's important as well to note is that such a strong ruling sets a precedent for future cases 
So when cases like this get, or similar to this, get brought to the High Court in the future, they will refer back to this case. And future judgments will actually be based on this case that was brought forth. What it also shows is the strength of our Constitution and how our Constitution really looks at the um, environmental, the mineral, and other assets of our countries, particularly the coastline, as an, an asset to be enjoyed by present and future generations and to be preserved so that it is sustainable in the long term. And we know that the type of activity that Shell and uh, Minister Montache are uh, advocating for, that that has a limited lifespan and it will not be in the benefit of future generations. And if we look at um, a huge issue that's gripping the world right now with climate change, global warming, uh, we cannot be looking at fossil fuels as the future. Um, especially, we need to move away from that as our energy plan and perhaps diversify and look at smaller projects spread over small communities across the country that really empower the community. So things like solar, wind energy, perhaps in the future, harnessing ocean currents, which is a, a huge possibility for the generation of sustainable um, power in the future. I think something to really think about is that this, this fight is not over. This is a, a victory um, of a battle, but the war is not over. Our brothers on the West Coast and our environment along the West Coast is currently under a massive assault from international companies, companies from China, Russia, Australia, that are extracting minerals from that coastline at a huge cost to the environment and at a huge cost to the local fishermen population. And my hope is that this landmark ruling can now be applied to the fight on the West Coast. I think the... Um, difficulty that the small communities on the West Coast, the ocean lovers along the West Coast, the, the real difficulties that they are facing is that those communities are so isolated. And with it being quite cold and quite um, desolate and somewhat of a desert along that coastline, a lot of the mining is taking place out of sight of the general public. And a lot of the public of South Africa don't really know the extent to which the environment is getting destroyed. There are many surf spots that surfers no longer have access to because the companies that have taken over on the West Coast, they, they're treating these areas like their own private land and they're stopping people from gaining access because they know what they're doing is wrong. Mm. And in the end, these deals that are being made with these huge international companies um, are benefiting the ruling party. So they're looking at basically selling off our natural resources um, to the highest bidder, and they're getting kickbacks in the form of, for example, uh, Shell Downstream. Uh, here in South Africa is owned uh, partly by the Batubati Trust, which is the investment wing of the ANC. And just last year in December, a story broke where the ANC received 15 million rand payment from Batubati Trust. Um, Tebe Investments, which is really a, a sign that uh, these politicians are compromised in the way that they're doing things. They're looking at what will benefit 
them. And I, I think the movement of Gweta Mantashe into that role of the Minister of Minerals and Energy was very carefully thought about when other aspects of state capture fell apart. Uh, this became the pet project that would benefit these politicians in the long term. So I think that's something to really keep in mind. And everybody who has put their energy, and, and it's a huge amount of people with diverse skills, with diverse interests. I think about Dave McGregor, who was the initial journalist from the dispatch who fearlessly broke the story back in 2014. But it took some time for the population to actually grip what the threat was. And another fearless journalist, Mike Lowe, who came along and really carried the story forward and brought it to the attention of um, local people, sure, people on sure. the ground, to actually say, guys, there's something that we need to take notice of. Dean, so if I can say what, you, what you're suggesting here is not only is there a conflict of interest when it comes to government involvement, but it's a carefully constructed conflict of interest or purposely constructed conflict of interest. It definitely is. These big meetings that are happening where politicians are flying over to Russia, whether they, uh, whatever the story is, they're looking at things like a nuclear deal, which we knew would be not in the interest of the ordinary South African. They're looking at things like um, big mining um, investments. They've been selling mm. off our um, our coastline. We have our exclusive economic zone of South Africa's coastline, which extends to about 240 kilometers out to sea. And this area, about 90% of it, has actually been awarded for similar types of mining operations. It's not only Shell. We had Impact Oil and Gas, which is a local um, company, Johnny Copeland, who um, has interests in many of the casinos around, including the one here uh, in East London, the different hotels, uh, even uh, news channels like uh, ETV. We know that, that these strong local people, maybe with a, with a um, or especially with a history in the unions, etc., powerful people are making deals with the big international oil companies and there are very few people who stand to gain from it. Let's celebrate the victory that we have for now. It's not the end of the road or the end of the story, as you say. I'm sure there'll be many more battles uh, going forward. But it does set a healthy precedent for those who are concerned about the environment, like yourself. You and the Save the Wild Coast affiliation of groups and individuals. In the meantime, I'm sure you're very happy. Enjoy the victory. Thanks for joining us today on That Weekend Feeling, Dean. Thanks, Darren. Have a great weekend. That was That Weekend Feeling with Darren Mann.